If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast and this week it's all about Nintendo. We've had a couple of exciting announcements so far this week uh, which point to a slightly different way of Nintendo doing things this summer and we're looking at also Nintendo's year in general. Um, joining me to talk about Nintendo and all things Nintendo it's uh, Eurogamer's reporting team Ed Nightingale. Hello. And Ishraq Sudan. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips. So just to recap the week so far that we've had, um, we've had a couple of announcements from Nintendo so far and um, a kind of a, a mini look at some stuff just prior to this week. But this week in particular, we've had the announcement of a new Kirby game, which is coming out for Nintendo, Nintendo Switch as a eShop download exclusive. Um, it looks really fun. It's like a multiplayer four-person um kind of i guess like a party game but uh yeah uh it's probably something that we would expect to see announced in in a kind of nintendo direct um martin our editor-in-chief is joking that it's part of a, a year of kirby which uh <laughs> follows the kirby game that came out um slightly earlier this year which took the series open world this is much more of a um like a a, a smaller scale puzzle game uh or, or party game i should say um and we've also had um the uh this week the um reveal from nintendo of the bayonetta 3 release date which is a game that's been in development for uh a very very long time and uh it seems like sometimes um that maybe the project has sort of been just put on the back burner but no it is uh officially now confirmed to be coming out later this year let's talk about both of those in a bit more detail um ed uh actually i'll come to you ed with bayonetta because i know you're a big bayonetta <laughs> fan <laughs> which means Ishrak, you get kirby's dream buffet a brand new downloadable kirby game for the switch eShop this summer have you seen the trailer what did you think of it um it looks cute um it's, it's, it's the same vibe i think as the um forgotten land game um it's a nice little extra i think um yeah um there's not much to say about it from just from a trailer but um it does look promising what do you make of the fact that it's coming to the eShop? um they haven't set a price yet do you think that potentially this could be something that they wrap into the switch online expansion pack yeah i don't think this will be a fully fledged game with like a retail price of 50 pounds 
um, which is why it's on the eShop for one. And I think it's it's a potential contender to be part of the Switch Online expansion, just like Mario Kart and the Mario, sorry, the Animal Crossing expansion. So yeah, it's a good contender. I think it does fit, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they put it on the um, on the subscription. I wouldn't be surprised if this was originally meant to be an extra for Forgotten Land, and then they sort of took it out and thought, Do you know what, let's spin that up into something bigger. That's a good shout, like a little bonus mode, and then you know which might have been how they sold it in the past on disc um, as part of that game. It was just an unlockable thing, but now they have the eShop and also now, perhaps more importantly, now they've got the um, two Switch Online subscription services to fill with content to try and tempt people to subscribe and then upgrade to the higher price tier. Maybe they thought, oh, we'll keep this back and we'll, um, we'll release it separately. I mean, the trailer did make me very hungry. The the cake <laughs> looks delicious. But it's me basically too. competing to be the chunkiest Kirby. What's not to love? Oh, yeah, I like that sort of weigh-in at the end where they it looks like they basically uh, see how many things that you've eaten and then, yeah, the largest Kirby wins the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very cute. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they just dropped this out of nowhere, didn't they? Like, we got this on a Tuesday afternoon. No one's expecting this. No one's expecting anything from Nintendo, really, at that point. And they just rolled it out, so to speak, as Kirby does. And hey. here we are. <laughs> but there was more to Very come, wasn't there? <laughs> Ed, uh, your long-awaited um, announcement of Bayonetta 3 arriving October 28th. Um, yes. Did this one feel a bit more expected from Nintendo? Um, it was rumoured for a long time. Um, fans had faith. That faith was not misplaced. Um, so here it is. I think, yeah, people people were really hoping for it. I think Nintendo needed a big game for sort of the end of the year. Obviously, we've got Pokemon coming, um, Splatoon 3 in September. Um, there was definitely a gap there for something else. And this has very much been you know, on the on the cusp of coming out and being announced. So, yeah, great that it's finally coming. Um, it looks pretty incredible. I think fans are going to be very, very happy with that trailer. As someone who doesn't know Bayonetta that well, watching that trailer, um, I mean, I sort of <laughs> was enjoying how nutty it was. Uh, is this like a multiverse Bayonetta game? I mean, it is complete nonsense, but in the best possible way. <laughs> I mean, Bayonetta is is a sort of sexy fantasy witch um, who wears her hair as a skin-tight outfit, um, which comes off as she summons demons um, and beats up angels. What's not to love, basically? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it seems like um, there's been a lot of speculation from when the game was first revealed that the design of Bayonetta was quite different. Um, and she has had a slightly different design in each of the games. Um, but there was a lot of speculation as to, is this the same Bayonetta? Is it a younger one? Is it different? Um, and this new trailer seems to be showing other characters that are also Bayonetta. Um, and the press release and, and a lot of the um, the information they've released on Twitter afterwards is like, oh, is that another Bayonetta? So it seems like storyline-wise, they are going down some sort of, met, sort of multiverse 
dream time travel maybe kind of thing where there are multiple bayonetters doing stuff um which i mean the more bayonetta the better to be honest so i'm i'm totally down for that um and then there's another new character that you play as called viola um who looks quite interesting what i will say is that i feel like there are a lot of devil may cry references in this um viola to me especially when you see her with the sword behind her back is very dante looking with the white spiky hair um there's also a little bit of a sort of raiden look from metal gear revengeance which was also a platinum title um and then there's a sort of lava spider which is a complete rip from that boss from devil may cry one um so there's a lot of there's a lot of devil may cry slash platinum references i feel like this is like the ultimate platinum game is what they're making uh which is absolutely fine by me i think um the response from bayonetta fans has been wildly positive and uh yeah people seem to be really looking forward to it there was one other aspect of the game which also caught our eye yesterday which um we also covered and uh that was the naive angel mode uh you mentioned that bayonetta is you know a, a very she's portrayed as a as a sexy character what is naive angel mode ed um it basically strips out the nudity um so as i mentioned she wears her, her hair on her skin as an outfit and when she summons demons that hair comes off and she is left naked um, which does allow for a lot of very amusing camera angles and lots of tongue-in-cheek moments where they're kind of just covering things. Um, like this Austin new Powers. mode, yeah, exactly. Um, this new mode basically means that she will be fully covered in her outfit throughout. So technically, it's not canon uh, because she can't wear her hair and use it at the same time. But it does mean that if you're out and about on the tube or the bus or wherever you are, you can play this game in public and not have people be like, "Why are you playing a weird nudie anime game?" um so that's a nice bonus and i think is probably a good thing with you know the the wide age range of nintendo's fan base well i was also wondering would that potentially lower the age rating for the game maybe make it more accessible i don't know what age rating the previous games were well there were rumors that it was going to be r-rated but then there's also a lot of swearing in it there's a lot of sexual references and it's very violent if you're into spanking (laughs) um so there's a lot of that going on whether that's appropriate for kids either, I don't know. I thought it was interesting that with this mode, um, it's a toggle on to add the uh, stuff that covers Bayonetta back up. And I think that the response from fans has been, haha, this is a funny thing, I'll never use it. Um, and I think that's well, an interesting even... decision to do it that way around rather than have it as a, oh, you toggle on the nudity back to how it was um so the default is still how the series has been Mm. previously and uh it's like an optional extra setting which yeah it makes it more i think more family friendly when i'm looking at this game i'm thinking wow these character designs are dated and the plot explanation for why she has to be naked is as tenuous as quiet was in metal gear solid phantom pain where she had to breathe through her skin and therefore <laughs> hang around in a bikini. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I like the I like the fact that this came from a Platinum Games tweet. It wasn't a Nintendo tweet, even though the announce was from Nintendo. It's just something that clearly Nintendo doesn't really want to talk about. But they've let Platinum Games come out and say, we've added the revolutionary Naive Angel mode so more people can fully enjoy it by turning it on you can play right in the living room without having to worry about what's on screen, we think. Sweat emoji. It's also just a great name, Naive Angel, but I mean, like, 
you can't make up. <laughs> it is great. And I mean, also the, the platinum tweet, um, even that one is quite tongue in cheek, but they first tweeted it in Japanese, which had like a peach emoji, which was essentially saying, don't worry, we're not going to use this, but you can. Um, it's like, they know exactly what they're doing. And I mean, I, I, I could go on about Bayonetta's design. I think it, it was probably a design meant for the male gaze, but I think it's so, so over the top. That it's say, just, probably. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's become so over the top that it's just camp. It's just, it's too ridiculous that it's also, it's almost not sexual because it's just so far gone. Um, which I think is why actually she's become such a popular character. Cause it's just so outlandish. It couldn't possibly be anywhere close to realistic. I definitely agree on that. Um, I just noticed going back to the release date, it's October the 28th, which I don't know how much overlap there is between plays, but that's the same release date as Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, I, I mean, probably not There's much. something for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the naive angel mode. There, uh, it's interesting, I mean, look, looking at the release schedule for Switch now, you've got several major games coming out, um, which have firm release dates over the next uh well the rest of 2022 so we've got xenoblade chronicles 3 coming out 29th of july and then there's about a five week break there until splatoon 3 which is obviously going to be very very big for nintendo uh, i imagine like a lot of their um back end of the year marketing is going to be based around that they've also got the new switch oled uh, splatoon 3 design coming out to commemorate that then you've got bayonetta 3 coming out 28th of october um you've also in october got mario rabbids sparks of hope um which is a ubisoft game but you know obviously it's got nintendo's characters in and it's going to be uh this year's biggest mario game by some margin and the first game was proper quality so i think you know it's up there with everything else that nintendo's doing uh, and then in november a couple of weeks after bayonetta is pokemon scarlet and violet so you know, like people, people have been waiting for a direct, and people have been waiting for big news on Zelda, uh, among other things. But there really is a consistent release schedule here for the next. You know, like if you're counting Mario Rabbids, that's one, two, three, four, five games in five months that are arguably blockbusters, um, which is not bad, is it? It's very good going from Nintendo, considering you know Microsoft have very little. Sony have God of War um, in terms of sort of, you know, the second half of this year. Um, I think it really is, when you look at it purely in those numbers, it's definitely Nintendo's year. Um, you know, how much of that is a knock-on from the last couple of years of of, uh, of the pandemic? You know, maybe that's had an impact as well. But, you know, it, there are far more Nintendo games than, than anything else coming out this year, um, which is definitely impressive. I think maybe a lot of those series are series series. I don't know. I can't talk. Um, a lot of those I think are very popular in Japan. Um, you know, Splatoon is huge in Japan. Bayonetta is Xenoblade. That's out soon. They're all very, I mean, they're popular worldwide, but I think they're very, very much popular in Japan as well. So um, I don't know if that's taken a bit of the edge off the sort of global view, um, but these are going to sell hugely in Japan. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's worth remembering as well, um, up to now this year, we've had a really good um, selection of games from Nintendo. Pokemon Legends Arceus 
uh, easy to forget that actually came out at the start of this year. We've also had Nintendo Switch Sports. We've had Kirby and the Forgotten Land that we mentioned earlier. Um, there was Mario Strikers Battle League, you know, but not a massive game, but a consistent seller. Um, and Fire Emblem Warriors as well, the most recent sort of the, the spin-off that just came out there. So Nintendo seems to be, you know, servicing all of its uh, franchises that there are you know, decent sized audiences for, not Zelda, obviously, and we're not going to see a brand new um, big Mario game outside of Mario Rabbids this year. But that is like... 10-ish games from them as a first-party publisher this year. That's uh, 10 more than Microsoft have had. <laughs> Their only first-party release, if you can call it that. I mean, it is, because it's Bethesda. Is, um, that's uh, that side-scrolling game. Pentiment. Thank you. I always forget the name of. Uh, from Obsidian. Yeah, it looks, it looks a bit like... Uh, kind of like the, the, the Kirby game. You know, like a game that they've sort of been developing as a fun thing that will, they'll throw up on their subscription service. Of course, it's a Xbox game, so it'll go into Game Pass on day one. But it's not like they're going to set the world on fire. It's But that, that's Microsoft's only thing this year, right? That's incredible. And then Sony, yeah, they, they've had a couple, they've got a couple of blockbusters this year. They, they had Horizon. They're going to have God of War. That's now confirmed. But still, like, the... I think what you were saying, Ed, this is Nintendo's year. I mean, kind of by the process of at least one of those other publishers, those rivals not turning up. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of talk of Elden Ring Game of the Year, and it's just because it's the game that everyone's talking about um, so much. So I think that has sort of taken over the, the sort of online discourse, let's say, um, as the most talked about game. But yeah, when you look at the numbers in terms of how many games are released and how popular they are, like Nintendo games are definitely at the forefront. It's really interesting to see as well um, the charts that come out every week that we get to see here in the UK. But, you know, they're representative of um, how Switch is doing it elsewhere too. And still consistently the best um, boxed release games that you can buy in a shop are... Nintendo games, which are still selling years and years after launch. So things like, well, Breath of the Wild, but also Mario Kart, Animal Crossing. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think Nintendo throughout the last two years has consistently managed to keep their console in stock. Um, it's always appealed to a very broad base of uh, users and it's still attracting more users to it now. And they're still picking up like their copy of Mario Kart with the with the console. Uh, you're still seeing it in the in the uh, charts. I guess my question is, um, like Ishra, do you, how long do you think the Switch, the current model Switch with its various spin-offs, can last? If it's still selling, is Nintendo looking to replace it? Yeah, I think Nintendo were graced with good luck during the pandemic and and the chip shortage that they were using what is now years old hardware uh, for the for the switch and so they already have production on the line and it's much easier to build and also it's relatively cheap compared to the new the new consoles which means that they can keep selling them and i think they have such a huge player base i don't think there's much incentive for them to like move everyone over to a new platform um 
especially with all the developers being versed at making games for the Switch and optimizing games for the Switch for for years now. Um, I think that's part of the reason why they have so many games on the lineup, whereas Sony have F1, 2, and Microsoft Gran Turismo, have... actually, I forgot that, though. So they... <laughs> yeah, and Gran Turismo. We always forget Gran Turismo. <laughs> um, but I think the Switch is showing its age. Uh, you sort of wonder what, how something, like, especially Bayonetta 3, how much, like, would it, would it look even better on, on, on a new Switch hardware? Um it's possible we might see something next year concerning a new Switch. I mean, when the new Zelda game does come out, it does tend to coincide with the release of a new Nintendo console. So perhaps with Breath of the Wild 2, we'll see a new iteration of the Switch. Um, we only have to wait and see, really. You're thinking That's like... The, thing. The, last, the last three consoles have all launched 23? No, 2. No, I do mean th- No, I mean 2. Sorry. Um, have have had the Zelda crossover. So you had Twilight Princess on GameCube and Wii when that came out. And then Breath of the Wild was then Wii U and Switch. Switch. So it feels like a Zelda crossover game is uh, is kind of the thing to launch a console with nowadays. And I, I think that that's, that's kind of the big question now with Nintendo is when is Zelda coming out exactly? And will that coincide with a new console? Because... I think what's interesting is that this past couple of weeks, there have been quite a few different announcements um, with these new games and also the Splatoon console um, and other bits and pieces. All of that could have been wrapped up in one direct, but instead they've chosen to do that as lots of smaller announcements. And that, I guess, is interesting because then they individually get a bit more attention. But I think that if Nintendo were to say, right, we've got a direct coming, people are going to immediately jump to the conclusion of, great, we're going to hear about Zelda. And if that's not ready yet, then it's it's intriguing that they have decided not to do that. Um, I think that is therefore building up even more hype for when they do eventually drop a direct, because it literally has to have Zelda in it. Um, so that that makes me feel like you know they've delayed Zelda. It's clearly not ready to be shown just yet. They want to do a big gameplay reveal, I, I presume. But will that also coincide with the console? And maybe the console isn't ready yet. Um, it also makes it tricky you know, is that going to be a crossover thing between Switch and, and the next Switch? Because they've already shown gameplay footage. Whether that was Switch footage or whether that was secretly from a future console, that's that's going to be very awkward for them to manage, I think. Yeah, I don't think we've seen any suggestion from the footage that's out there currently that um, there isn't anything that the Switch can't do from it. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> If, if we're looking to next year to see a new Switch, then I can't see a better title to launch it with than the new Zelda. It's a track, it's, it's their track record now of launching it with that. I think, I mean, this this has been written about in the past, but there, there has sort of been a, a shift at Nintendo from we need to launch our consoles with a Mario game to uh, let's launch it with a Zelda. Let's get the more hardcore audience in on day one. Those are your first adopters that will evangelize the system and talk about it and the casual players will come over time um there's less of a push to get people massively in on day one though of course like zelda breath of the wild 2 day one on switch pro to hd whatever you want to call it 4k (laughs) super switch yeah uh it, it, it is massively exciting for me one interesting thing i was thinking about just then actually is if we're talking about uh super switch next year 
Um, how does that play into the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC schedule, which um, if you're subscribed to Switch Online Expansion Pack or if you've bought it, um, you have been promised drops of content through to the end of 2023. Uh, if you are... I, I, it would just be odd to me to launch a system that does not allow you to play that content next year while it's still releasing. I, I suspect that whichever the new console is, it will have backwards compatibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, Xbox and PlayStation have made a big deal of that um, for the PlayStation 5. And they have, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. <laughs> I, I really um, hope that that's the case, and I think it's very smart for them smart thing for them to do i i would imagine that whatever they do next um because the switch has been so successful they do not need to completely reinvent the wheel with it again they did exactly with wii u um i mean switch is obviously an evolution of that concept where you've got uh, something in your hands that you can also play on the tv but uh the form factor of the switch and you know a lot of the stuff that's really worked for them this generation like the the hybrid nature i don't expect that to change for the next switch and i would really hope that yeah your game library and the ability to play games from the switch uh, which has an, a, a massive catalog now is something that's kept for the next generation and maybe it just looks a bit nicer on whatever hardware is coming up next maybe that's why they haven't announced it yet or they're a bit reluctant to because maybe it's not the big innovation that their previous consoles have jumped towards um and like you say i think just a more powerful switch would be fine, but maybe they're, they don't want to, you know, uh, break up the, the user base or maybe they don't feel like that's enough of an innovation to release it. Um, I think as we've said, the, the switch is lagging a bit behind in terms of power. So it definitely needs to be more powerful, whether that needs a different cartridge size or something else entirely. Um, do they want to go digital only? I think the main thing that they need to push is switch online and the online implications of the console. I think that needs to be the main innovation that they that they need to really expand on. And it's not even an innovation, it's just bringing it in line with everything else. Um, but I think that, you know, I think backwards compatibility has to be a major part of that. Um, and and in, increasing the, the SNES, the N64 games, all of that, bringing all of that into a whole new console as sort of the ultimate gaming, Nintendo gaming console that you can still play your Mario Kart on, but it's also powerful enough to play your next Zelda on. That, I think, is probably enough of a draw for a lot of people. I also think that just learning from <clears throat> the release of the, the new Nintendo 3DS, um, which came out with not much fanfare, and I think it ends up with very few games that worked exclusively for that device. So I think <clears throat> they do need a differentiating factor for whatever the new console is so that people buy it but also it keeps the same legacy features that you come to expect from the switch um so it's a difficult thing for them also i just don't think they have an incentive to because the switch is still selling <laughs> i mean it is they really don't need to make a new console if um based on sales figures alone um but i think it'll happen eventually i think there's a reason why we haven't seen like say a sequel to like super mario odyssey and many of the other big <clears throat> first party titles because we're just waiting for the new console mm. Yeah, I wonder if there's um, some clues to what the next console will be in the stuff that was uh, reported a year ago, actually, on what Switch uh, OLED, which was back then sort of widely referred to as a Switch Pro, was going to be. And uh, there were reports, I think Bloomberg um, said, 
there would be some form of graphics boosting going on for uh, the console. And then that, for whatever reason, did not materialize in the final product. And there were various conversations there about did, was this previously in the specifications? A lot of the other stuff that Bloomberg reported was accurate. Did it get changed during production? If so, you know, it, it, it's, it's very likely uh, looking at the graphical chip shortage and component shortages that have plagued all companies over the past year, whether um, that was just something that they couldn't do then, but they hope to do next. And maybe that's what we'll see. And yeah, it, it will be this sort of souped up switch that's still still a switch. And as you say, Shrek, the switch is still selling. We're not in a situation where um, we were with the Wii, which was a massive, massive success and actually had a very steep decline in its last couple of years um, as attention moved on. It, it sort of, I think it was six years between Wii and Wii U, but the last couple were really, really, um, I can sort of limp to the finish line. Wii U had uh, a lot of issues and the Switch came along. Um, much quicker, I think, than Nintendo were originally planning to release it. That isn't the case this time, um, so we're in a we're in a different situation. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see. Um, maybe to wrap up, then, just thinking about how Nintendo is is talking to fans at the moment, doing this um, drip feed rather than a, a direct. Do you, do you think that's uh, do you think that that is a success, Ed? Is that capturing people's attention? It definitely allows for more momentum behind individual games. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, they have done like an entire direct on, I think they had a whole one on Fire Emblem. They had a whole one on Xenoblade. It feels like they're moving away from let's have a direct that's loads of announcements and let's have a direct on just one game to just really do a, a sort of deep dive on it. Um, and I personally, I actually quite like that because... I don't like it when it's just here's a load of trailers because I could just watch a YouTube playlist with that. <laughs> like I, I want some insight. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about this with the sort of E3 non E3 stuff. Um, you know, we want the return of E3 because we want some insight into these games that we're going to be playing. We want to know more details about them and show what is the gameplay going to be like, not just here's a two minute, you know, trailer of the story. So I quite like that they're doing that. Um, and it just really gives a lot of emphasis on specific games. It means that maybe there are people out there that might not have considered Xenoblade before, but because there's this big focus on it, they're like, actually, that does look really good. Maybe I will get it. Um, I feel like Nintendo games are individually more of an event than than maybe other other consoles have. I mean, Sony have definitely tried to do that with the amount of marketing behind Horizon. And the amount of hype behind God of War, that's definitely going to be an event as well. Um, but I feel like Nintendo really put an emphasis on each game as a big event throughout the year. Um, and I, I I quite enjoy that, to be honest. Ishraq, is this the death of the Nintendo Direct? No. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, think I, I think they have a new strategy, which is a small drip feed of small bits of information here and there but i think they're still going to have a nintendo direct for your big titles i think we're going to expect on the breath of the wild by the end of the year um you think we'll so hear about zelda this perhaps, year um i think they have to show something <laughs> by the end of the year 
Um, I disagree. I think they won't. Just to keep the hype, the momentum up. So. I think I think there will be directs um, for all of the other games that are coming out this year, but I think they'll they'll hold Zelda back till after Christmas. Really? Yeah, because I think if we're saying that it's Zelda and Switch are going to um, Super Switch are going to launch together next year, I think that they will want to um, promote their Q4 slate as much as possible, sell as many existing Switch models as possible, clear out those warehouses. And then after the holiday season is over, that's when they start with Zelda Super Switch day one coming in May <laughs> pre-orders now. Uh, and everyone who bought a Switch at Christmas is like, guess I'm buying another <laughs> Switch. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When, when would that direct take place? Because I guess August is summer. September, they're going to want to push Platoon. October, they're going to want to push yep. um, Bayonetta. November, they're going to want to push a Pokemon. So where does Zelda fit in with that that's going to draw attention away from those releases? Um, and yeah, you're right. If if it comes with a new Switch console, they're going to want to, I guess, have a fresh start in January of like, you know, January 1st. Right. <laughs> as soon as possible. Let's give us like a half an hour direct on 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 Zelda. Oh, it's a new console. Pre-orders tomorrow. And then it comes out in May. Well, you heard it here first. January 1st, 2023, <laughs> Zelda and Super Switch announced. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, uh, Ed Ishrak, for joining me again this week, talking about all things Nintendo. Thank you if you've watched this far. It's much appreciated. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at, at Tom Phillips EG. Ed, where can people find you? At Ed underscore Knights with an N. And Ishrak. It's ishrxq underscore. Awesome. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.